Welcome to Creativity School. This is the podcast all about how to tap into your creativity and get your greatness out of you and into the world. I'm your host, Grace Chan, and each week we'll get lessons on how to start the thing you've always wanted to start and learn the tips and strategies you need for how to be awesome at it. If you're one of those people that feels a calling to do something, make something, or be something more, if you want to start shining your light and share it with the world, this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 12 of Creativity School. Today's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a solo episode, just me, and I'm going to be talking about creativity and perfectionism. This is a really important thing to talk about, especially when you are just starting out on your journey of creativity, because I don't know about you guys, but I am a self-proclaimed perfectionist. Actually, you know what? I like to say I am a recovering perfectionist because I don't want to be a perfectionist anymore. I think there was a time when I used to be proud of being a perfectionist. Like I used to wear it as a badge of honor. Like, you know, when they ask you in an interview, what's the worst quality about you? Well, the stock answer is I'm a perfectionist, right? Like it implies that you have really high standards, you are excellent at what you do, you're conscientious. But what I realized was that it was a lot more than that. I think that I wanted to be a perfectionist because I felt like I needed to be the best. My parents instilled in me at a very, very young age that being the best was the thing that I had to strive for. You know, there's that joke that in Asian families, an A minus or a B plus isn't good enough, or second place is first loser. I mean, those are some very common things that are said and felt in Asian families. And so I've always felt like I needed to be perfect at everything that I did, and I don't want to be that person anymore, and I'm not. It's taken me a lot of work. I mean, a lot of inner work. I went to therapy for six months, not just because of this issue, but it came up. And this topic is so important to me because I think perfectionism is so bad for your creative journey, especially when you're first starting out, but it's bad for you as a human being because of the way it affects your self-worth and the way that you value yourself. If you only value yourself when you're creating things that are perfect or you're being perfect, that is so damaging. It is the complete opposite of loving yourself unconditionally no matter what. And so today's episode is one that is very, very close to my heart and one that I hope you guys take to heart too, especially if you come from a background or a family where perfectionism was so valued. So. This podcast is not perfect. There are so many things that I wish I could change about it, and I just can't because of the resources that I have and the time that I have. And it is imperfect, and you know what? I am really happy with that because I would rather have the show out there in the world as it is than have no show at all. And I think what happens with perfectionism is that it just can keep us from starting anything because we get paralyzed because we feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to be any good at this. Why start? Or this is another thing that happens. You actually start and then the work isn't as good as you want it to be. 
and you beat yourself up about it and you feel like a piece of crap because it's like, how come this person over here can do this so well? And when I try to do it, it sucks. And we talk to ourselves in this really terrible way because the work that we're making isn't up to the standard that we want it to be. So there's a couple things going on here that I want to talk about today. And The first thing is what I just said, is that you try to make work and it's not as good as you want it to be. You get really frustrated and then you start beating yourself up about it. Ira Glass has a really great quote about this and he calls it the gap. And what he says at the very beginning of the quote is that nobody tells this to people who are beginners and I wish someone had told me. And to paraphrase, it's this idea that when you start and you make the work, it's not as good as you want it to be because you have taste and you know what you like and you have high standards, yet somehow the work isn't up to par. And you want to be at this far off place in the future where your work is really good and it's polished and it's at that higher level that you aspire to be at. And then he talks about the gap. The gap is that time in between where you are now and where you want to be in the future and all the stuff that happens in that gap. And what he says is that most people stop somewhere in the middle of that gap before they actually get to the end. And we have to remember that when you are on a creative journey, when you are starting something new, when you are building something from the ground up, whether it's a craft or a technique or a business, you're starting something new and it takes time to build it. So I will link this incredible motion graphic video that's been made with this quote. And if you haven't seen this already, it's pretty popular. It's been floating around the internet for a few years. But if you've never seen it before or you just need a really good reminder, I just highly encourage you to watch this and just remember that it takes time to cross the gap and to get to the place where you want to be. The problem is if you're a director or an aspiring director, you look at George Lucas and you go, oh, I wish my films looked like his or Wes Anderson. You're like, oh my gosh, I loved whatever movie, Royal Tenenbaums, and why aren't my films that beautiful, that quirky, the color, everything? We're not seeing their early work. We're not seeing their baby, probably bad student films. You know, we have to stop comparing ourselves to people who are so far along in their careers and are already on that path of mastery, we have to remember that we are all still babies as we are learning this new thing. A couple years ago on Instagram, I shared a photo that I took for a client. This was about 11 years ago. And it's, by my standards now, terrible. The exposure is so wrong. I don't know what expression I was trying to capture in this dog's face. The lighting is horrible. I think like half the dog's face is in sunlight. The other half is in shadow. But you know what? 11 years ago at that time when I gave it to the client, I was damn proud of that picture. It was really good for me at that time. And I can see how much I've progressed from back then to now, 11 years later. So do not compare yourself to other people and feel bad about yourself when you're just starting out because you are just learning and you have to remember, do not compare yourself to people who are years, decades ahead of you on their own creative paths. On episode four, my guest Esther Loopstra, who is a creativity expert, she spoke about something called open mode and closed mode. And open mode is the mode you need to be in to be at your most creative. You're open, you are flowing, you are allowing yourself to create and make things and feel things and just do the things that you wanna do without restriction and judgment. Because once you start going there, 
you put yourself into closed mode. And that's when you start being super critical of yourself, super judgmental of yourself, and that really mean voice starts coming in, judging the work that you're making. And when you are in the process of creating, especially when you are a beginner, learning something and just trying something, you need to be in open mode. And when you start being super perfect about the work and super precious about the work, that really inhibits the creative process. So can we make the work by being kind to ourselves? Do you think that's possible? When we're doing something new and learning a new craft or trying to put something cool out there in the world, instead of stopping every five, 10 minutes while we're doing it, or even when we're finished, and immediately judging it and criticizing it, can we look at it with a different filter? Can we look at it and say, wow, this is actually really good, and start noticing all the things that you really like about it, as opposed to looking at it with your normal filter, with the filter that most of us view our own work with, of uber criticism and trying to pick it apart and look at all the flaws and just noticing all the things you don't like about it and things that you wish you could change and then why can't I do this? Why am I so horrible at this? So to give you my most recent example of this, I have been trying really hard to do that with this podcast. This podcast, by the way, you guys, this is me putting into action all the things that I am telling you about on the show. This is the first time that I am creating something with all the intention and authenticity and self-compassion and having fun, all that stuff that we've talked about now for 11 episodes. This is me walking the walk, talking the talk, and putting it into action with this show. So one of the reasons why I was so scared to do a podcast is because, goddamn, do I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't know why, but growing up, I just felt like I had a manly voice. Like, I was in chorus in school, and all the cute girls were sopranos, and here I am, always the tallest one in school, always at the end of the line. I felt like I had a manly voice, Grace, who was always the alto, not the soprano. And I don't know, I just grew to really hate my voice. Why can't I have a cute, chirpy soprano voice? Voice like all the other Asian girls. Why do I have this manly voice? I'm telling you this just to show you how ridiculous some of these criticisms we have for ourselves are because they go back really far. We were not born wanting to be perfect. We were not born feeling this need constantly to be perfect at everything we do before we can present it to the world. It's because we were conditioned to feel this way. It's because of experiences in life that have made us feel this way. So I hate the sound of my own voice. I mean, I can just keep going on and on about all the reasons why I didn't want to start this podcast. But then I thought, you know what? You all know I just obviously I did it anyway. And then the next thing I said to myself was, I am not going to listen back to this podcast and criticize myself. I am not going to listen back and beat myself up for why did you sound like that? Why did you talk like that? Why didn't you ask this question? Why did you ask a question like that? I mean, I can go on and on and on about the ways I think I would have talked to myself had I done this a few years ago. I know I would have beat myself up and criticized myself and wondered why I did it like that. And I made a promise and commitment to myself before I even started recording that I would never, ever talk to myself that way about this show, and that instead I would focus on all the things that I am doing right. 
Because anytime we start something new, we are like little babies learning a new skill. Like a baby learning to walk. It happens in stages. And no parent looks at a baby who's learning to crawl and says, why aren't you running across the room yet? What is wrong with you? Don't you see that baby over there that can already run? Why can't you do that? No, no one would dare talk to a baby that way, right? But that's how we talk to ourselves, I think, a lot of the time. And we're trying to learn something new and be good at something. And so with this podcast... I told myself I would just focus on the things that I'm doing right and that I like. And when I feel the urge to criticize myself, when I listen back to some of these episodes, I stop it because I have the awareness now to stop this. And I say, wow, Grace, you know, you only learned how to do this two months ago and look at you. You've gotten so much better at interviewing. You are doing a great job connecting with your guests. And I just gave myself a pep talk. We should be very conscious of the way we talk to ourselves. And instead of beating ourselves up and being hypercritical, we should really be speaking to ourselves in a very gentle, loving voice and commend ourselves to the things that we are doing well, especially when we're doing new things. So I've been doing that with this show for myself, and I really encourage you to try to speak to yourself in a much nicer voice as you are on your own creative journeys and celebrate the things that you are doing right and the things that you are doing well. You should be so damn proud of yourself for waking up and making the things that you want to make. Because to not do that, I think oftentimes, is the easier thing. It's easier to deny yourself and not do the thing because you let all these voices in your head be louder that told you not to start at all, but you're doing it. And that takes so much courage and bravery. And so you should be so proud of yourself for even starting and then be proud of yourself as you are making the work. It is better to have work that is imperfect and have it exist in the world than to have nothing at all. You know, we talk on the show about how it's important to have a good support system when you're on this creative journey and how it's hard to create in a vacuum and it's good to have people to show things to and get good feedback and constructive criticism. But do you know who you need more on this journey than anybody else? You need you and you need a positive relationship with yourself. You need to be your own best cheerleader because when you can get in touch with that person, when you can get in touch with that voice inside of you who loves you and supports you unconditionally, no matter what, no matter how good or bad the work you make is, that's kind of like your superhero shield. Because when you really get in touch with that, what other people have to say about your work really doesn't matter. And I know from personal experience that that takes a long time and a lot of work to even get to that point. I'm still working on it myself, but I have to say I've gotten a lot better at it because of even having this awareness of learning to talk to myself in that nice voice. And now when people criticize my work or have something bad to say about it, which first of all, I'm like, I take dog photos. Like, what in the world do you have to say bad about dog photos? Well, yeah, people have an opinion about everything. And at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't care. This says so much more about you than it does about me. I firmly believe that the worst critics online are highly repressed creative people. So you know what? I'm okay. I'm so much better now about that, about dealing with stuff like that. And that's why I can speak from personal experience that the more you start to not strive for perfection, 
but strive more for loving yourself and speaking to yourself in a kind voice, the more that you will feel the freedom to make the work you want to make that speaks to you without fear of judgment and shame and criticism. And honestly, that is liberating to be able to create from such a healthy space and not be afraid of all those things. That is truly liberating. And you know what? Perfectionism at a certain stage in your journey can be noble. You know, there is that quote, God is in the details. And as you begin to master your craft and start to get really good at it, that is when now you can start focusing on the perfectionism, which I think can also be called mastery. I think if you have very high standards for your work at some point and want things to be perfect, more power to you because I am like that with my photography. I look at my work and I find all the things in my work that I want to improve on and either I do it immediately in Photoshop or I do it, I redo it and recreate it and shoot it again to make it better. So mastery now at your craft is absolutely important. If you want to get to the top of your game, be known for your work and be really good at what you do. You have to aspire to mastery. I have a friend who has been making macarons for, I don't know, I think 11 or 12 years now. And man, is she hell bent on getting those macarons perfect. If she sees a bubble or any airiness in the, I don't know what you call it, the cookie, it makes her so upset. And I understand that because it's like she's been working on perfecting this for so long. She wants it perfect. And I admire that. I think having that sort of expectation for yourself at a certain level is great because you you have high standards for your work. But again, to reiterate this, you cannot start your journeys from that place. Malcolm Gladwell says that it takes 10,000 hours of working on something for you to reach mastery level. And we expect mastery level when we're just starting. You need to put the work in. And when you listen to the show, you hear from almost everybody They say they do the work, they make the work, and they keep doing it over and over and over again. And that is how the mastery starts to happen. But even when you are on the path to mastery, I think it's so important to examine where your motivation for excellence is coming from. Is it because you want people to praise the work? Are you striving for that excellence because you don't want people to criticize your work or because you don't want to feel judged with the work you do? I think it's so important to cultivate that self-love, that unconditional love for ourselves regardless of what people think about our work because then that motivation for excellence is coming from one place. It's coming from the drive to outdo yourself, not the drive to either be better than other people or to shield yourself from criticism and judgment that you think could possibly come if your work isn't perfect. Brene Brown, oh, that wise Brene Brown, she has this really great quote about perfectionism, and she says, Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, live perfectly, and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. So it's like we're trying to control the outcome of how people receive the work we make by striving for perfection. 
And we are doing such a disservice to ourselves and to our souls when we make work striving for perfection and then shame ourselves and feel so bad about it when we feel like it's not perfect. It's been said on this show now multiple times that creativity feels like therapy. And that's because I really believe that creativity is a really great form of self-healing. It is such a healing act to honor yourself, to make the work that you want to make, to listen to what you like and what lets you up, and to put it out into the world without feeling that shame or that judgment for what you're doing. And really speaking to yourself in a kinder voice and not striving for perfection all the time, especially at the beginning, is really the first step to begin healing from whatever wounds you have deep inside of you that told you a long time ago, probably when you were very young, that you needed to be perfect in this world to be accepted and loved. So the takeaway from this episode today, you guys, is this, is just be kind to yourself as you're on this journey, making whatever it is that your soul wants to make. You are brave for doing it. You are amazing for sharing it. And I just want to encourage you to keep going, keep doing it, keep shining bright, doing all the amazing stuff in the world that you want to do. And for those of you that have been sharing with me the things that you're making and the things that you've been doing, I am so incredibly proud of you for just making the work, for not being precious about it, and for sharing it. Please don't forget how incredible and brave you are for doing this, because I know for many of you, it's really, really scary, and you're doing it anyway, and that's what courage is. Courage is doing it even though it scares the crap out of you. So I'm really proud of you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. A couple days after I recorded this episode, my sweet dog, Maybe, passed away unexpectedly. And if you follow me on social media or know my story at all, I often share about how Maybe is the dog that completely changed my life. And I wouldn't have the career that I have now as an animal photographer if it wasn't for her. People often say that losing a dog feels harder than losing a person, a family member, or a loved one. And I lost my father when I was 13 years old, and that was devastating. And I have to say, this is just as hard. So I'm going to take a couple weeks off from the show just to grieve and process, and I'll be back when I'm ready. And um, this episode is dedicated in loving memory of maybe... Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show on iTunes and share it with a friend. Don't be shy. Reach out to me anytime online and I will catch you next week on the next episode. 